something very important that we do not want to miss, and that is two very important people are getting married soon, and so their showers are happening this Saturday. So this Saturday at 5.30 p.m. in the evening at 12,000 Campus Park Drive, there is a shower for Chloe Robinson. And we want to go, amen, go ahead. We want to support her, this very special young lady to us. We want to support her and be there for her this Saturday. And then also this Saturday at 5 p.m., also on the 11th, at Rusty's Pizza on Olive Drive, there will be food and drinks and more. Please be there as we help celebrate uh, this awesome young man, Bryson Rodriguez. Amen. This is his bachelor party, so we want to go to these things and support and be a part of their lives and let them know that the church will always be here for them. Amen. And before, also, we need to go before the Lord in prayer as we stand. I know there's probably others' needs here, so if you have a need, we can pray for that as well. But uh, we have a special need for Jim Miller's younger brother. His name is Joe Miller. He needs a healing. He is going to be having a triple coronary bypass tomorrow, and he already has other complications and difficulties. So this man is in need of some serious prayer. So he said a pr prayer is appreciated. So all those, if you have a need, you could raise your hand. All the needs all over this building. God is seeing you right now. God knows what you need. He knows how to reach you. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. In Jesus' name, God, we come before you knowing you are a healer, knowing you are a God who loves us and is able to reach to us, God. Even when we don't understand it, and even when we can't understand it, Lord, you know how to touch, you know how to heal, so we ask you to touch Joe Miller, God, where he is, Jesus, reach into that room, give him comfort, give him peace, let him know, Lord, that you are the God that is in complete control, and that you will do your work and your will, touch each and every one of these needs in this place, God, reach every heart, every mind, every person that needs a healing in their body, that needs a healing in in their heart, in their minds, do the work, God, that only you can do. We come before you, Lord, believing together in the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name, let's give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. It is an honor to introduce tonight our evangelist. I'm so excited to hear the word of God tonight and hear from this special young man. Our evangelist tonight is Brother Josiah Winkler. Please come and as he comes, can we give God praise, honor, and glory? Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's give God praise tonight. God, you are worthy, Jesus. God, we give you the glory. God, we praise you. God, from the depths of our soul, God, we love you tonight. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? There's a hundred of other places that I could be, 
but I'm thankful to be in God's house tonight. The song says, I don't know why, I don't know how, but God, I'm thankful. I don't know why you did it. I don't know why you chose me, but God, I'm thankful tonight. give honor to our pastor. He is not here tonight. He was, uh, last week, he looked at me and said, you're preaching, and I'm out of town. But I give him honor. I'm thankful for his confidence, his love for the ministry, his love for this church, his love for souls. Give honor to my bishop, a.k.a. Papa. We love and appreciate him. Are you thankful for the elders of our church? Are you thankful those that have given years and years of their life to this work, to this kingdom? I'm thankful tonight. I give honor to this church for your prayers, your support, your love for me and my family. I love my wife. Thankful for her love and support and everything that we do for the kingdom. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Genesis chapter 6, and we'll begin in verse number 5. If you're having a hard time finding it, it's the first book in your Bible. Verse number 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and agreed them in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing, the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But thank God for verse 8. It says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse number 10 says, And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, To the end, or the end of, the, of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make within the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. The breadth of it shall be 50 cubits. The height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make in the ark, and a cubit thou shalt finish it above, and the door of the ark thou shalt set in the side thereof. With lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee I will establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of the fowls of their kind and of the cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. 
And take thou unto thee all the food that is eaten, and all thou shalt gather it to thee. And it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus Noah, according to all God commanded him, so did he. And verse 1 of chapter 7 says, The Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. If we could lay our Bibles down, let's ask God to move in this place. That God's anointing would be here. That he would anoint our ears to hear. Anoint our hearts, God. We want to receive your word tonight. We want your power of the anointing to fill this place. God, we don't want to be hearers, Lord, but doers also of your word. God, we want to hear what you have for us tonight. Anoint these feeble lips of clay. God, anoint. Anoint this service in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You may be seated. I have right here, with great care, and with great responsibility, I have the original blueprints of the sanctuary across the way. These blueprints, if you were to just to flip it open, there's, there's dimensions, there's angles, there's letters, there's numbers, there's lines all over the place, and they're not easy to read. There's a lot to it, every level, every detail, all the site plans, the floor plans, the foundational requirements, the building details, all of the mock-ups and renderings of what the church is going to look like, all the sections, elevations, all the drawings, the mechanical details, electrical details, plumbing, HVAC, and finish work. All those are wrapped up in a set of blueprints. In order to build a building, it takes a lot of effort, planning, decisions, how's it going to look, how's it going to appear to the city, how's it going to appear to for the, us, for the church, how's, how's the church going to approve it, and then the next part is you got to get city and county permits, you have to get engineer approved blueprints and plans, you have to get the site plans for the city or state or county to approve, depending on the type of building, there's state codes that, Lord, I do not want to get into to have to figure out. It's a process. Just ask Brother Brian Gregg. I know he has done a lot of building. He's done a lot of remodeling. He's done a lot of efforts, and I know it is not easy. In Genesis chapter 6, we read of rough but specific pre-approved blueprints that didn't require any building codes. It just required a word from God. And in these, in these specific prints for, for Noah, God said to build an ark out of gopher wood. Thou shalt fill it with rooms. Thou shalt seal it within and seal it without. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, which is in feet about 450 feet. The width of it 50 cubits, which is about 75 feet. The height of it, 30 cubits, which is about 45 feet. And one window in the ark, anywhere from 18 or 16 to 18 inches in size, and a door in the side of the ark. And the ark needs three levels. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith, Noah, 
being warned of God of things not seen as of yet. At, at the point of Noah being called to build the ark, they had not seen rain before. At that point, there was only dew that would come in the mornings. So when God said, I'm going to flood the earth, that was something that Noah had not seen. When Noah started preaching, I guarantee he was mocked because of this big boat in the middle of nowhere for the sake of a flood that no one knew what it was what all about. They didn't know what rain was. They didn't know what a flood was. The bodies of water God had already established before they were ever on earth. Noah, regardless of the mocking, he built an ark for 120 years. Let that sink in. Sometimes we can't even pray for 30 minutes. But Noah built an ark consistently with his boys and his family for 120 years. And I can't find in one scripture, not one complaint, not one, God, why do I have to build this? Why did you make it this big? Why couldn't I just build a little fishing boat? Not one complaint came from Noah. In two verses uh, between chapter 6 and chapter 7, it says, And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. The blueprints that God provided were requirements to preserve humankind, animals, creeping things, fowls, through the flood. But God, why did you have to leave mosquitoes and flies? Why did you have to bring those? But God saw that there was all manner of wickedness, evil, sin, and that at that point it was that bad that it repented God that he had created man. It was in that day that or if it was that bad in Noah's day, I wonder what God thinks about today in 2021. I wonder what God thinks of what happened last year. But I don't have to worry about what he thinks. God's in control. It's God's plan. It's part of the blueprints. We're truly living in the last days. It's a modern day of what Noah went through, just with more technology, a crazier society, more politics, more rules, more uh, more government control that we ever wanted or couldn't even imagine. Sin is rampant. Sin is being normalized. Sin is taught in schools in, in the kindergarten age. What they're trying to teach through Common Core, what they're trying to teach through critical race theory, it would blow your mind if you started reading everything that is within those blueprints. What the state wants to control, what the government wants to control, what the government wants to control in your mind. It's astounding. But Matthew chapter 24 verse 37 says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So the same applies in living for God. God gives us blueprints. There's foundations that we must live by. God's holy word, the Bible. If you have any questions, just flip your Bible open and start reading it. Pick something. There's something in there that God will reveal to you the plans that he has for our life. Biblical doctrines, holiness, godliness, one God, separation from the world, and the list can go on. I could talk about doctrine for hours. The cafe would be cold by the time we got there. The plan of salvation is part of the foundation of everyone's blueprints. Acts chapter 2 talks about repentance, water baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in other tongues. God has a plan. There's a foundation that all of us must live by. It's not unique. It's not different. Everyone has the same foundation. 
there's the structure of our blueprints that God has given us. God has given us a pastor to direct guide through prayer, wisdom, and anointing in our lives. God has given us personal convictions. And God doesn't give convictions where you are strong, but God gives you convictions where you are weak. Every one of us in here has different weaknesses. Every one of us has different things that we struggle with that God will give you convictions for your own personal life. Our personal relationship with God, our calling, our ministry, our talents, our ability, all are part of the structure of the, bl the blueprints in our life. And then there's the details, the details that sometimes we don't get to choose, our family, where we are born, where we live, the pastor that God gives us, the church that we attend, life circumstances, life changes, the personal convictions. Those are all part of the details, the fine blueprints of our lives. These factors play into an, a unique set of plans that God has drafted for you and I. It's called our testimony. To make it to heaven, we must follow every single plan. I want to say tonight, if God said it, he meant it. If God promised it, he meant it. If God wrote it, he meant it. I don't want to deviate from any of the plans that God has for my life. And, it's, and if you've deviated from those plans... You haven't completely failed. There's mercy. There's restoration. There's grace that God can give to rebuild through repentance and get back to the plans that God has for us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And isn't that the truth? How much we put a focus on entertainment this, in this day and age. Everyone wants to be entertained out of their problems, out of their situations, out of their sin, and they just want to sit in front of a screen and let their lives be lulled by the entertainment of this world. And verse number five says, having a form of godliness but denying the power, of, of the power thereof from such, turn away. And I have a different set of blueprints tonight. And these blueprints are our lives. In these blueprints, we can modify and we can change based on our own personal desires and our own personal wants, tripped up by the things of this world, by sin. But what we have to do tonight is tear out worldly desires. We've got to tear out selfish desires. We've got to tear out idolatry, the sports and the entertainment of this world. We've got to tear out vanity. It doesn't matter what we look like to the world. I want to be pleasing to God. I don't want that in my blueprints that will keep me away from what God has. I don't want to be disobedient to God's word. I want to tear out disobedience from my blueprints. I don't want to be disobedient to my pastor. I don't want to be disobedient to my parents. Unforgiveness can take us. God, I don't want unforgiveness in my plans. I don't want bitterness in my plans. I don't want hatred in my plans. I don't want anger, lying, stealing, cheating, lust, adultery, fornication, addictions to drugs, addiction to alcohol, addiction to pornography, all ungodly addictions. 
We've got to tear it out. Say, God, I don't want that anymore. I've messed with my blueprints for far too long. God, I want to tear it out. I don't want pride. I don't want arrogance. I don't want self-will, self-justification in my plans. I don't want insecurities. I don't want my plans to be built on fear. I don't want my plans to be built on doubt and shame. The shame of sin can be a weight, but God says there's nothing too great that I can't forgive. There's nothing too great that my blood cannot wash away. There's nothing too great that God cannot do in our lives. We don't have to live with the guilt. You've got to tear it all out. And if there's things in our blueprints that we have torn out, I want to add it back in. If there's personal convictions that God has given, if God has said, don't do it, you're not strong enough to handle it, I don't want to take it out of my plans. I don't want to take daily prayer out of my plans. I don't want to take fasting and consecration out of my plans. I don't want to take dedication out of my plans because God says, I want you to live for me. I don't want to take away faithfulness and commitment to God. I don't want to put my ministry on a shelf. I don't want to take it and just say, I don't need that anymore. God, I've got other plans for what you have. I've got other plans for what you want to do with my life. I'm just going to set those over there. Don't put your calling on a shelf. Don't put what God has called you to do for the sake of your own personal wants. I want what God wants. I want what God has given me. I don't want to throw away sacrifice. I don't want to throw it away. I don't want the enemy to steal my joy, my praise, and my worship. I don't want to modify my blueprints for anything in this world. I don't want to modify for anything that the devil wants to do in my life. I want to sell out and say, God, not my plans, but your plans. I want your will. I want your calling on my life. I want what you have for me. Parents, I want to talk to all the parents tonight. It is our responsibility, the same as Noah's, to build an ark for your family. Whatever it takes, whatever we've done to our blueprints, is it going to save my family? Is it going to save me? I don't want to do anything that God does not want that's not going to save my family. I don't want to fail my kids for the sake of deviating from my plans. Don't alter your blueprints. Don't pursue a career that will keep you from church. The extra money, the title, the fame, the position, rubbing shoulders with the C-suite, the executives, it may not be worth your soul. Don't pursue it. Don't pursue it. That degree, that college that you may want to attend may be the devastation of your soul. It may keep you away from what God has. Don't alter it. A boyfriend, a girlfriend who isn't living for God. Wait on God. He will provide. Don't rush it. Don't force it. Just because you're in your mid-20s or your early 30s, it doesn't matter. If God has someone for you, he's going to give them to you. Wait on God to provide. I don't want to alter my blueprints for friendships. Some friends are just not worth having. You can pray for them. You can love them. But some blueprints or some friends are not worth changing your blueprints. I don't want to let fornication and adultery alter my blueprints. 
I don't want an extravagant lifestyle to alter my blueprints. I don't want to let fame and recognition from this world, because in the end, they really don't care about your soul. They just want your money. They want your popularity. They want what you have and a benefit for them. Backsliding is not the answer. Suicide is not the answer. The skeleton closet that you keep wanting to put back into your plan, say, God, I might need that for later. Tear it out. Get rid of it. If it's jewelry, if it's makeup, if it's certain clothes, if it's music, games, apps, get rid of it. It's not worth it. If you need to go home and delete some apps tonight, do it. God will honor it. God will honor the sacrifice. It's not worth altering your plans over. Your soul is at stake. Heaven is at stake. I don't want to be disobedient to my pastor. I don't want to be disobedient to the church boundaries. If pastor has drawn lines, those are a part of our blueprints. If we attend this church and we call Pastor Bradford our pastor, the lines that he's drawn are part of our blueprints. They are still boundaries. It doesn't matter how long ago they've been established. It doesn't, long, doesn't matter how long, if it's been Brother Terry or Brother Frost or Brother Bradford, the boundaries still matter, and they still should be in our blueprints. Don't push it. Don't change it. we got to stick to the old paths. I don't want anything to keep me from heaven. We are living in the last days. We must wake up. Look around you. Look at the news. Look at everything that we're seeing in our world. In Matthew chapter 24, starting with verse number 4, and I apologize for the lengthy reading. But it says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But to the end, or but the end is not yet. For nations shall arise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And boy, are we starting to see that. Religious industries, churches, Churches of all walks of faith are starting to be persecuted. I don't believe this, this virus was just for the world, but it's against the church. we got to wake up, church. It's coming. It's coming. It said, Then they shall deliver you to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And are we seeing that today? Churches against churches, mask or no mask, vaccine versus no vaccine. The church is being attacked. Many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And the, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. When, they, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understandeth. For then shall be great tribulation, such 
as was not since at the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those shall be shortened. And if any man shall say, Lord, lo, the, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall rise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before, immediately after tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. The stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the signs of man, the son of man in earth, or, uh, sorry, and then shall appear the signs of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the heaven and power of great glory. And he shall send angels with great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect for the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass. We are this generation. Till all things be fulfilled, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. If God wrote it, I want to believe it. If God said it, I want to do it. If it's in my blueprints, I don't want to ignore it. God's word shall not pass away. But of that day and the hour, no man knoweth. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And knew not the flood, or knew not until the flood came, took them all away. So shall also the Son of, the, or the son of Man be. And musicians, if you could come. We must work out our own salvation. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I can't save you. Pastor can't save you. The ministry team cannot save you. Your parents cannot save you. Good works cannot save you. They will keep you, but they will not save you. Just believing in God will not save you. You must follow the blueprints. You must follow the Bible. You must follow the plan of salvation. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 says, and then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's one of the most main aspects of our blueprints that we must follow. The rain is coming, folks. The trumpet soon will sound. God is coming back soon. Look around. Look around. Every sign that God put in the Bible, everything that he warned us about, everything that he put before us, it's coming. It's coming. I'm not trying to preach fear, but I'm trying to preach conviction and salvation. When God calls us home, I want to be ready. I don't want to have altered any of my plans. I don't want to have taken any section out of my plans and just thrown it to the wayside. It means something. It means something that God has for us. I want my family to be saved. 
I don't want to miss out on heaven. I don't want to miss out on heaven for the sake of altering my plans. It's not too late to repent tonight. It's not too late. There's no sin that God cannot forgive. There's grace and mercy in this place. You're not too far gone. Have faith. Know that God will forgive. If you take it to these altars tonight, say, God, I'm sorry for everything that I've done to my plans, everything that I've done to my life that you have not intended. God's mercy is here. There is hope. There is grace. God can fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. God can fill you in this place. If you've been seeking him, tonight's the night. Don't wait. Repent and let God reprint your plans. Let God take everything that you've altered and say, God, I want you to reprint them tonight. Oh, God. God can renew you. God can restore you. Don't wait till the next service. Start tonight. We may not have another service. wants your mind. The enemy wants to use your calling. The enemy wants to take away your talent and use it for his glory. The enemy wants to use your abilities. 